Is this Devils team a dynasty or can it become one? And also, let's talk about Tom Fitzgerald and his incredible job as general manager for the New Jersey Devils organization. Because even though he's not a finalist for general manager of the year, he definitely deserves his roses. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. How you like the new-new? If you're watching on YouTube, as you can see, my graphics have taken a bit of an upgrade. So look right, look right here. We got an outline of the show. There's my logo. And also, shout-out to Locked On NHL. So after you're done watching my show why don't you head over to locked on nhl because i'm sure they had a bit of an upgrade themselves but this is just so awesome my show continues to grow in more ways than one and it's all because of your guys support so once again uh the show got a bit of an upgrade graphics wise so it's really cool if you're watching on youtube you'll understand but let's get down to business because i we need to talk about tom fitzgerald and the fact that he is not a finalist for general manager of the year. Now, if you guys missed the news, the NHL recently announced the finalists for the 2022-2023 Jim Gregory general manager of the year award on Wednesday. They named their three finalists. So it's Dallas Stars is Jim Nill, number one. Boston Bruins is Don Sweeney, number two. And Florida Panthers, Bill Zito at number three. Now, no disrespect to Nill, Sweeney, or Zito because uh, all three of those franchises have uh, improved in more ways than one. Obviously, the Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers are still competing in the Stanley Cup playoffs because Florida is now going to the Stanley Cup final and Dallas is hanging on for dear life. I don't think they're going to beat Vegas, but nonetheless, we've seen uh, the Dallas Stars take their organization to the next level. And then the Boston Bruins, they were able to have a historic year. But in my heart to heart, I think Tom Fitzgerald should have been named one of the finalists for the Jim Gregory Award because of what he has been able to do for this Devils organization, not only for this year, but the past couple seasons, because it's been a process to getting the New Jersey Devils to where they're at. So in today's episode, we're going to center around Tom Fitzgerald and his absolute brilliant mind. Then we're going to talk about the potential dynasty that this New Jersey Devils team can become. And then the third and final segment, shout out to James Nichols for asking this question throughout the course of exit interviews he was asking the players like is this a good foundation for where the team is at right now and i loved all their answers so i'm going to share them in the third and final segment so once again shout out to james nichols for making that your go-to question during the exit interviews because now i can use it to uh, basically drive my point home in today's episode so let's start off with tom fitzgerald because he is an absolute brilliant mind and it's not only just from this year, but let's talk about the buildup. So one of his first moves as general manager, full-time general manager, because when Ray Shiro was let go by the Devils, Tom Fitzgerald was initially named interim GM. And one of the big moves that he had to make was getting a new coach. And 
he decided to hire Lindy Ruff. Now, some of the other candidates that a lot of fans were trying to vouch for were Gerard Gallant and also Peter Laviolette. Obviously, that was the right choice for Tom Fitzgerald, regardless of what you think, because Peter Laviolette, no longer with the Washington Capitals. Gerard Gallant, no longer with the New York Rangers. And Lindy Ruff, he is a finalist for Coach of the Year. So I think Tom Fitzgerald saw something in Lindy. Obviously, they have a very good relationship, and the players have responded well to Lindy Ruff because they have nothing but good things to say about their head coach. Because I told you guys, if the players wanted Lindy Ruff gone by this point, he would have been out the door. Because if Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes, I know they're still relatively young, but if they were to hypothetically go to Tom Fitzgerald and say, this is not working. We need a, a different coach. We need a different voice. I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald, despite his relationship with Ruff, he would have been happy to oblige because he has to satisfy his two star players in Heischer and Hughes. But they came to the defense. Obviously, Heischer, he stirred the pot a little bit in last year's exit interviews because when someone mentioned about the coaching staff, Heischer said no comment. But looking back at how the question was framed, that question wasn't specifically towards Lindy Ruff, but the entire coaching staff. And I think he sure knew that Mark Recchi was most likely going to be fired and Alon Nazardine wasn't going to get his contract renewed. But that was a good move by Tom Fitzgerald to bring in Lindy Ruff. And regardless of what you think of Ruff, guys, he has taken this organization behind the bench to new levels similar to Tom Fitzgerald because the Devils, once again, able to have a historic season. They won 52 games. They went on a 13-game win streak. A lot of players broke personal franchise and also NHL records. And yes, it starts with the players and also uh, can be credited towards the coaching staff, but the mind in the front office is the one who has to bring it together. And that's what Tom Fitzgerald was able to do. And he formed this well-oiled machine. And I'm going to go back at some of his key signings and trades because this devil's team is in a good position to possibly uh, just reach new heights come next year. Let's talk about the draft because it doesn't seem like Tom Fitzgerald and company seem to fail when it comes to selecting players. So let's just focus on the first round for right now because they were able to get Alexander Holtz in the 2020 NHL draft, Shakir Mukamadoulin, Dawson Mercer. Alexander Holtz, I don't know where you guys rank him at this moment. I don't know if you consider him an A prospect or a B level prospect, but nonetheless, Alexander Holtz has a lot of room to improve and grow and how do i know this every time he's sent down to utica he puts up big numbers however when he comes up to the devil's organization he tends to struggle i think the name of the game for alexander holtz in order to get him where he wants to be he needs to get a skating coach because obviously the devils play a fast-paced style of hockey and i think alexander holtz needs to adjust to that in order to keep up with that pace but We'll talk about that in a future episode. Shakir Mukamadoulin, regardless of what you think of Mukamadoulin, he was used as collateral in the Timo Meyer trade. So it doesn't matter if he was worth the hype or whatever case might be, because I heard that some people were comparing him to Big Z. They thought he could be sort of like Chara, but uh, unfortunately, he never really uh, was in the ideal circumstance to try to thrive in a devil's organization considering that that at the time the devils had a sea of other prospects right in front of them but mukama Dulin was obviously traded to the sharks in the timo meyer trade so that's not a fail because that was a prospect you use as a as part of a package to get the guy you wanted at the trade deadline dawson mercer what more can we say about him he has gone from being sort of a role player to now 
sort of breaking out into that star role, dare I say, because he went on a lengthy point streak. He showed everyone that he is a goal getter. And if you keep him on that same line with Nico Heischer, I think the sky's the limit for Dawson Mercer. Do I think he'll become an all-star? I don't think so, but, or it's too early to tell. I don't think he'll be an all-star next year, but I think sometime down the road, once he starts to get more comfortable in the NHL, once he gets that experience a little bit more and just playing alongside with Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer, whatever the case might be, I think Dawson Mercer is still just trying to uh, take his game to new heights. So Dawson Mercer was a great selection in the 2020 NHL draft. Then obviously uh, uh, Tom Fitzgerald and company, they selected Luke Hughes in the 2021 NHL draft that they got really lucky because Hughes was projected to be a first overall pick similar to his brother, Jack. But luckily for us, I'm not saying injury is good or bad, but Hughes did get a lower foot injury, I believe, and his stock went down a little bit. And then Shimon the Mets. Last year, Devils had the second overall pick, and instead of like going for someone like Logan Cooley or Shane Wright because uh, Slavkowski went number one, they drafted what they needed, not who was the best player available. And they got Shimon the Mets, and I think the Mets definitely has a lot of upside. He he at first he was more of a stay at home defenseman, but he's developed an offensive type of game so i'm really excited to see what shimon and the mets can do come next year so that's the draft portion but let's look at some of the trades or the free agency signings that tom Fitzgerald was able to conduct one of his first trades was getting ryan grays before the seattle kraken expansion draft why was that crucial because if you guys recall the devils were eagerly trying to get rid of pk suban's big contract and with the Seattle Kraken expansion draft on the horizon, the Devils need to add another player onto the roster because hypothetically, if Subban was selected, they would have been a few million dollars away from the cap floor. Not the cap ceiling, the cap floor. And they traded away Mikhail Maltsev for Ryan Graves because the Colorado Avalanche, they were in a situation in which they would have had to expose Ryan Graves in the expansion draft and they didn't want to lose him for nothing. So they, they settled on trading him away. And this season, Ryan Graves led uh, the Devils in defensive point shares, and he was second on the team in plus minus. Worth mentioning that Ryan Graves led the league in defensive point shares and also plus minus not too long ago. Big pickup right there, and Ryan Graves was definitely a solid addition on, on defense for the Devils. So I, that's one of the two reasons why I love that trade, because Ryan Graves, under-the-radar player, but at the same time, he was uh, it was a smart pawn move by Tom Fitzgerald. Then obviously they he got Thomas Tatar. That was a solid pickup. Thomas Tatar actually led the Devils in plus minus this season. Dougie Hamilton, big name free agent before the Devils took off like a full calendar year. And they got lucky by signing a literally just a finalist for the Norris Trophy just a few months ago. And now he is going to suit up in a Devils uniform. That was a big pickup. But this past offseason... It didn't go as planned because obviously the Devils had their eyes set on people like Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Goodrow, Kevin Fiala, Alex DeBrincat, all those kind of guys. But the Devils were able to get some solid contributors in Eric Halla, who was under the radar because obviously uh, he has a track history of, I guess, not getting along with certain organizations like the Carolina Hurricanes. But one man's trash is another man's treasure, and the Devils were able to capitalize on that. John Marino, he traded away. Ty Smith for John Marino. That is a fleece right there because 
I think Ty Smith, he's still an AHL type of player for the Penguins organization, whereas John Marino, he was playing big minutes and an absolute warrior during an elimination game for the Devils against the Hurricanes. So keep that in mind. And the biggest trade that Tom Fitzgerald made, it was his first splashy deal because Tom Fitzgerald has a knack for being sort of just trading for guys who fall underneath the radar and, and maybe have a lot of upside, diamonds in the rough, but he pulled the trigger, got Timo Meyer. Who did he trade away? I'll tell you who he didn't have to trade away. Didn't have to trade away Alexander Holtz, Yegor Sharangovich, Dawson Mercer, Shimon Nemetz, or Luke Hughes. He traded away Nikito Holtuk, Shakir Mukamadun, like I mentioned moments ago, Fabian Zetterlin, Andreas Johnson, salary dump, really smart right there, and a first-round draft pick that the Devils didn't really need. So what Tom Fitzgerald has been able to form the last year or so I think deserves a lot more recognition. When Amanda Stein appeared on this show back in February, she said that Ray Shiro laid out the foundation for Tom Fitzgerald and Tom Fitzgerald was able to take it to new heights. And who was the big name player during the Shiro era? It was Taylor Hall because he was a Hart Memorial Trophy winner and he was carrying the devils on his back. And then obviously Shiro tried to uh, help out uh, uh, Taylor Hall a little bit, tried to get P.K. Subban. That didn't work. And obviously, Cheryl was able to draft uh, the, the the foundation pieces that we have today in Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. But Tom Fitzgerald was able to take it in a different direction and able to build around Hughes and Heischer without breaking the bake. Because once again, Eric Halla, Thomas Shatar, Ryan Graves, John Marino, Jonas Siegenthaler. I didn't even mention Jonas Siegenthaler. They all fell underneath the radar and Fitzgerald was able to get the most out of them. So I, I get that that's kind of cheating that this narrative goes back uh, a couple seasons dating back to uh, January 2020 when Fitzgerald was first hired as an interim and now dating uh, at the present time. But here's the thing. Narrative is essential. In, and when looking at the results, the Devils had a historical season, 52 wins, 13 game win streak. And once again, players breaking records left and right. And, and the 52 wins, that's a franchise record. So we're talking about the three times that the Devils have won the Stanley Cup. They didn't uh, reach 52 wins. A plus 49 point differential, the most in NHL history. Amazing right there for Tom Fitzgerald. So like I said, no disrespect to uh, Neil, Sweeney, or Zito, but I think Tom Fitzgerald deserved to be a finalist just based on what he was able to do for this organization the past few seasons. And I think it all came together this year, which is why the Devils were able to have such a historic season. Now it's going to lead into the next subject, which is, is this Devils team, can it potentially become a dynasty? So what's the definition of a dynasty? Well, I think it's subjective and I think it really depends on who you're asking, but I think it's quite evident that a dynasty team is a team that has done a lot of winning consistently, a team that has won multiple championships in any sport and a team that is built for the long run. So we're not talking about like the Taylor Hall era where Taylor Hall had a, a, a great showing in one year, but then after that, we never really heard from him since. And we still don't really hear from Taylor Hall, still a solid player, but at the same time, a little bit of a far cry from what he was able to do during the uh, Hart Memorial Trophy season. And he was the first devil in franchise history to do so. But digressing a little bit, when looking at how this roster is built, going back to Tom Fitzgerald and his brilliant mind of putting all this together, 
The Devils have two foundation pieces that they can rely on, like I said moments ago. You got Nico Heischer, your captain. I said in the previous episode that Heischer is sort of like that all-around superstar because he can play offense, he can play defense, he does the minuscule things, and he's a great leader. Whereas for Jack Hughes, he is your franchise piece, and I think the Devils got a steal when they extended him to that eight-year, $64 million deal because Jack Hughes was just one point shy of 100 points. I said if the Devils were to trade for someone like Mitch Marner, who's already making like $10.5 million annually, Marner's going to demand for a lot more money. And Hughes, if he was in that same position, if he was about to become a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, whatever the case might be, I guarantee you Jack Hughes is going to demand for at least $10 million. So the Devils struck while the iron was hot, and they made a very smart investment because Hughes and Heischer are signed for the long term, and they are starting to hit their stride. At the same time, they have not hit their pride just yet. So I think that's step number one for building a dynasty. Step number two, do you have solid contributors on defense? Obviously, we saw what Luke Hughes was able to do during the short amount of games that he was given to play. And he really shined during the course of the playoffs, which honestly surprised me. You got Dougie Hamilton, not really all that great defensively, but we know what he could do on the offensive side of things. He was also breaking some franchise records in terms of the goals. And then for someone like John Marino, he might fall underneath the radar, similar with Jonas Siegenthaler, but we know how important their impact is. Now, the question is, who's going to fill the shoes of Ryan Graves and Damon Severson if they do leave the Devils organization. Well, like I said, you got a good pipeline because now you're going to be giving uh, Shimon the Mets a chance. You're going to be giving Kevin Ball a chance. And I think they could definitely fill those roles. So Kevin Ball sort of fizzled out towards the end of the playoffs, but I think we saw enough upside in him that, uh, that, that basically justifies for him to keep a roster spot and be given a bigger role because Kevin Ball went from being a seventh defenseman to basically being an everyday player towards the end of the stretch. And he was up there on the Devils stat sheet for blocks, hits, and he only played in about half of the games. And the fact that he is cracking the top 10 in those categories, I think it shows like if he is given more games, I think those numbers are definitely going to go up. So it's blocks, hits, it's uh, defensive point shares, whatever the case might be. Kevin Ball is definitely providing a lot on that blue line. And I think the Devils are sticking to their roots, which is they're a defensive-minded uh, team a little bit because they're not so focused on generating the offense on the defensive side of things. They want those stay-at-home defensemen, those uh, defensemen that are going to rattle your cage a little bit if you try to come on in on their blue on their blue paint. They're going to make it a little bit of hell on you. And that's why you got people like John Marino, Jonas Siegenthaler, Kevin Ball, you got some young pupils in Luke Hughes and Shimon Nemetz who have a lot of upside. We saw Luke Hughes. He was playing solid defense in game five, but at the same time, he was not afraid to come in on the rush. And Shimon Nemetz, I said that he is just a, a freak athlete and he is very good defensively. And the fact that he's developing an offensive game to his repertoire, I think uh, similar to Luke Hughes, the sky is going to be the limit for Shimon Nemetz. I'm really excited to see what he could do hopefully come next year. And I think the big question for Devils is going to be goaltending because on the one hand, yes, Vitek Vancek had a great regular season in which he was able to put up Martin Brodeur type of numbers. He became the first Devils goalie since Martin Brodeur to eclipse 30 wins. And then for Akira Schmid, 
Devils fans already knew his capabilities and what he could potentially do, but he was able to put it on full display, especially in round one against the New York Rangers. So I think the goaltending, while still relatively young, a little bit inexperienced, I think they're definitely going to take steps forward. Who's going to be the starting goalie come opening night? I don't really know. And quite honestly, I don't even think Lindy Ruff knows because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion. Maybe the Devils will trade for someone, maybe like Connor Hellebuck, which has been basically buzzing on my on my Twitter feed the last few weeks or so, trade for Connor Hellebuck. But we'll see what happens in that regard. But is this Devils team a dynasty or can they become one? For right now, they are not a dynasty, obviously, because they had one good season in which they were able to get 52 wins, 100-plus points, 13-game win streak, and broke a lot of records. I will give them their roses in that regard. But in terms of dynasty, obviously, we look at maybe a team like the, in, in recent memory, the Tampa Bay Lightning, because the Tampa Bay Lightning, they were a dynasty because they were able to uh, go to three straight Stanley Cup final, and they won two of them. They went back-to-back. So I think that's a good modern-day example, and I think that's what the Devils can definitely – become in, in maybe a few years and they're still relatively young and the fact that they were able to have such a historic season I think the rest of the league should be on their toes so even if they're not a dynasty for right now I think they can certainly become one in no time flat so when I see people saying like oh Devils fans are acting like this is a dynasty or the start of one because they reached the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs well it goes back to what I said before the start of the season what were your expectations for the Devils going into that year? And the fact that they reached the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and actually won their first playoff series since 2012, it, believe it or not, uh, 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 over 10 years ago. And, and by the way, interesting fact for you guys, what at the time of recording, uh, on this day, uh, 11 years ago, the New Jersey Devils beat the New York Rangers in game six to advance to the Stanley Cup final to play the LA Kings, but uh, digressing a little bit, just a little bit of a tidbit for you right there. But when people are just trolling devils fans and just saying like, they're getting too excited or this is not the start of a dynasty. You had one lucky year. I really don't think they're, I think they're just being haters quite honestly, because I think the devils can definitely become that dynasty said team. And they definitely have the assets to do so when looking up and down the roster, you got Jack Hughes, you got Nico Heischer, if you're able to re-sign Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt long-term, that's even great. You got Dawson Mercer. Even if people like Tomas Tatar and Miles Wood don't return next year, you still got some players in the pipeline, like Alexander Holtz. If he gets a skating coach, then I think that uh, Alexander Holtz can definitely repeat what he was able to do in Utica and transfer it over into the NHL level. He just needs a bigger chance, and he just needs to get his feet underneath them because the Devils do play fast pace. You got some veteran pieces in Andre Pilat, Eric Halla, who've been there before and can definitely uh, just try to steer the Devils in the right direction. It's one of the reasons why Eric Halla says he wants to return to the team because he sees that potential. Jonas Siegethal said the reason he resigned at a, at a cheap penny and signed long-term was because he sees something special and he's advising Jesper Bratt to do the same thing. It's one of the things why I'm vouching for Meyer and Bratt to take the team-friendly deal. Don't get greedy. You have something special going here. And this team is going to be special. And I couldn't be any more excited, quite honestly. So is this team a dynasty for right now? No. But they're going to get there in, in maybe a, a few years. Because obviously they need to win a Stanley Cup final 
in order to be considered one. And if they're able to come somewhat close to what they were able to do last year, look out. I'm sure you guys don't want to just hear my thoughts on the potential that this Devils team has. I'm sure you want to hear from the players themselves. But before we continue, I first want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure the player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs a fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now, let me tell you guys about Bird Dogs, because I look better and feel great while wearing Bird Dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great, and they are way comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course to a meeting or a date or hang out with friends. People like me just need this type of brand because Bird Dogs, uh, they make, like I said, they make me look stylish. It's comfortable and my legs are able to breathe while wearing them. And that's definitely crucial for someone like me who lives in Arizona at, at, at time to time. And trust me, it gets hot. It, it gets really hot in Arizona. So I need something like Bird Dogs to keep me cool. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Okay, let me give you guys some behind-the-scenes facts because – during exit interviews, I think every reporter had their go-to question. So Ryan Ovazinski, his go-to question was like, uh, do you see yourself re-signing with the organization? Would you like to be back? Have you talked to your agent? Have you talked to Tom Fitzgerald? Basically what Novo was trying to do, and I played some of the sound bites, was like he's trying to uh, get the, the, the answer from the player in regard to their contract negotiations. My go-to question was, what was your favorite moment during the course of the season? I tried to ask that for every player in, in addition to asking a few others. And then James Nichols, his go-to was like, do you think this foundation is set for a big possible outcome? Like is the future bright while playing for a devil's organization? I hope I'm uh, phrasing that correctly. I'm, I'm not as good as phrasing it as James Nichols, but shout out to him for asking the question, because like I said, can use those sound bites to basically prove my point in today's episode. So enough of my opinions. Here's what some of the players had to ask in regard to the foundation of the New Jersey Devils organization. Take it away. Let's start with Brendan Smith. Like you guys have uh, built the foundation to be in this position this deep in the season, year after year. That's a great question. I think I th that's hard because in the salary cap world, it's, it's tight. It's hard to win on a nightly basis. And I think I said it before I came in, uh, my first interview was we just want to be hard to play against and, and try to uh, find a way to get points, right? Because at the end of the day, ties, you're getting one point. You've got to find a way to get points to get into the sh into the dance because anybody can win. And you're seeing it. Like, anybody can win. Um, but you have to get a ticket to the dance. So I think we have – got to tip your hat to, to the staff because I think they put a good group together. Um but it's hard to keep that going. And um, that has to do, that's gonna lean on a lot of the, the coaches have, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think Lindy's might be up, right? And 
other things. So think, lots of changes, but uh, the dynamic and the core that they've created here, I can see that for sure, that it could be uh, something that the, the fan base will be happy for a while. Nico Heischer. We're, we're building something here since a couple years now already. So it's, it's, it's great to see that like season like that shows you you're on the right track. And, uh, but like I said, now expectations are going to be higher, but that's what you want and that's what we want. And uh, we want to have this like winning mentality here and uh, building this culture up. And uh, yeah, so it's just, uh, yeah, I'm excited already for next year. Jack Hughes. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we knew we had a good core. Um, but now, like, you know, obviously Nico, he's got the Selkie. Uh, Luke, we, we didn't know what Luke would be like, but he came in and proved how good he'll be. We got uh, myself, we got obviously Schmid, he came in, VTech, you know. So we got a lot of good young pieces there, and I think everyone took a step this year. And, um, yeah, I think we're building something good here, and we're, we're in a good spot heading into next year. Luke Hughes. I think we hope so. So, um, you know, I think it was a sour taste left in our mouth, um, you know, because obviously we, we want to win. And, um, you know, we won't, we're, <laughs> I've only been here a month, but, you know, I don't think we have a lot of patient people. You know, we want to win now, and, um, you know, it's a sour taste, but, uh, you know, we'll be back. So. Jesper Bratt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like the the group that we that we have and the kind of key moments that we we all stepped up and we, we made some good improvements. I, I think this is just gonna just gonna add more positivity to our motivation, like I like I talked about before. I, uh, I mean, we have a we have a great core group that are younger guys that um, showed this year what, what we're capable of, and I know that I know that we have a lot of uh, higher levels to go in the future too. Andre Pollock. Yeah, it is. I, I think so, but. Uh... 15, 20 teams can say the same thing, right? So we we need to build on that and don't just get satisfied that we make playoffs this year. There's going to be uh, the whole league that wanted to get into playoffs. Uh, we 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 are going to be the target from other teams. They will come come play here and they're like, oh, yeah, this is New Jersey. They're you know playoff team. We're going to play them harder than last couple of years. So it's going to be harder season to to get in playoffs, but. Uh, we're gonna get better. I think we are. We're good space. Okay, Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, of course. I think. Uh, I mean, we were one of the worst teams last year, and we were one of the best this year. So, um, it doesn't happen normally. So, um, I think they talked about being ahead of schedule, even. And um, I knew, like, when I signed here, you guys were young and, and going to be really, really good players, and already were. And signing a long-term deal I want to be on a good team for my whole contract and um, I'm in year two where for me that we're already one of the best teams in the league so um, there's no reason why we can't continue to grow. Damon Severson. Yeah yeah for sure uh, real good uh, real good team real good leadership um, you know people are taking steps in the right direction this year we have some all-stars on the team we have some real good role players and kind of just a good mix and everyone was allowed to be themselves uh, on and off the ice and um just just a lot of a real look i just again got nothing but positive things to say because it was just a lot of fun this year and winning cures a lot of those um things that in the past um that might not have went so well or we have we did have good groups it just the winning just 
trumps everything really and uh, it made it a lot more fun to just be around on a day-to-day -day basis. Eric Hala. Um, when I got here, uh, when things started, I was like, it seemed right. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the guys in this room, and all of them. Um, you know, um, you look at Jack and what he did this year. Um, Nico, all, you know, our, our, uh, you know, some of our best players. I just think that they took such big steps in, um, you know, in the winning aspect that, um, you know, that's I want to be part of that. Jonas Siegenthaler. I think you know we we have everything we need in this room, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, about us to go out there and uh, and do it. Nathan Bastian. You know, our, our, our pieces we have, uh, you know, Nico and, and Jack, and, and you look around the room, and Luke, and, and these guys are on uh, very team-friendly deals for the next eight years. Uh, we're, in, we're in great shape, I think. Um, you know, you start with those guys, and, and they're guys that can carry a team, um, and then we just, you know, work and we build around it. And last, but certainly not least, the head coach, Lindy Ruff. You know, you, you put the, the building blocks in place. Um, uh, if you go back and break this down to my first year here, uh, a lot of changes, uh, a lot of pieces have changed, and um, we feel we got a lot of really great pieces in place. Um, you have to try to be that team that can remain consistent, uh, give yourself that shot every year. Um, and I, I really like a lot of the pieces we've got, um, you know, offensively. Uh, we were able to uh, produce throughout the whole year. Uh, defensively, we made some some huge strides that if you want to remain consistent, you've got to be a good team away from the puck. We improved, and, and we got solid goaltending throughout the year to get us here. I think every player, in their heart-to-heart, -heart, and some were better at articulating it better than others, I think this team is set for a big future and I, I wouldn't troll Devils fans. I wouldn't troll the Devils discourse. I wouldn't troll the Devils, period, because I think this is definitely a team that can keep their opponents on their toes. And if they're able to retain some of their key guys, Jesper Brett, Timo Meyer, then I think this Devils team could definitely uh, take this organization to the next level. They made huge strides this season. They surpassed all expectations. I'm sure expectation they had for themselves because Tom Fitzgerald said during his exit interviews that he did not anticipate for this Devils team to be uh, to be that good. He expected for them to be battling for a wild card position, but not to be making it to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's just incredible. So my thoughts, once again, Tom Fitzgerald should be a finalist for general manager of the year. Uh, I think this team can be a dynasty in the future. I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibilities. And I love the answers that the players gave because I think they are definitely set for big success uh, within these next few years. So I hope you guys are a part of the ride. And as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. If you're watching on YouTube, I hope you enjoyed the new graphics. Thanks for listening once again.